On today's Say It Ain't So Sports, we have a jam-packed show. So we're going to start with our Undisputed review. We all watched an episode this week, We are, or at least part of an episode, and we're going to review it, give our thoughts on it. Then we have our interview with Freezing Cold Takes, Old Takes Exposed. It's a really good interview. He gives some super good insight, just you know, all around what's it been like uh, with his account, everything like that. It's really good stuff. And then we come back from that break with the NFL mock draft, say it ain't so version. So we all, you know, one through five, we keep going throughout the picks. We all have certain picks in the draft. And we do a mock draft. It's a say it ain't so mock draft. It's great. It's an awesome episode. I hope you guys enjoy. Went off the deep end, bro. Fuck, fuck, uh, uh. Are we still recording? Yeah. Let's go. What's up, guys? We got some national news to break. Uh, this is really important stuff. You know, we held, we've hold, held on to this for a while. You know, we teased it for months. We just want to break it to you guys on the pod. Uh, Greggy, what's going on? Yeah, so this is game-breaking news. This changes the landscape. You know, you throw the blueprint out the window. You got to make a new one after this. So I had coronavirus three weeks, three weeks ago and have recovered. That's the news. Like, just changes the game. This is wait, this is a landmark. Wait. Yeah. What? Yeah. So somebody in America got coronavirus, and now they've recovered. That's the game-breaking story we have. What a wow. Stuff. Wow. I mean, Loft is left speechless. Peace. He's- Peace. <laughs> I'm literally shaking right now. So um, we're glad you guys are with us here. We have a huge episode, as we just teased in the intro, that we've totally already recorded. So we'll start with, obviously, that was making fun of Glazer for his shitty... Rams backup center got Rona and has already fine report that he teased us for days on. That was just such a letdown. But we're going to start this one with, so this week, as we did last week with first take, we all got a day. We all watched and we're going to review it. So, Charlie, you were up on we Monday. All we all watched we it all totally. Watched. Um, so, for this, this week, we decided to review uh, Undisputed. Um, let's skip Bayless and uh, Shannon Sharp on FS1. Um, so I I watched on uh, Monday, right? On Sunday night, uh, I think it was Sunday night. Skip previewed previewed uh, the the episode by tweeting about like what like who would win in a hor- in like a game of horse, LeBron or MJ, right? So 
what Fox Sports does um, is they always have they always post all their content online. They always post on their YouTube channel, so it's like you don't even like need to watch it live. Like you'll they'll put all of their segments out on YouTube. So I just watched it on YouTube. Um, and in that in this segment, they were like Shannon and Skip. They were like go like they were deeply analyzing horse with like NBA players and retiring players, and it was just like really odd. Like Skip Bayless talking about like how like much touch you need to have on like a certain shot or whatever, and like the different angles from like driveways and shit. It was like really stupid. But then but then Skip had to like throw in that that subtle shot at LeBron saying that scared to like play in this in this horsing look LeBron is way better than any fucking horse competition like in any horse competition that like that the NBA is putting on because they can't play their games right he's he's way above that he's above that he's better than that he doesn't need to be he doesn't need to do that shit do you guys think that Skip doesn't like LeBron is that a possibility (laughs) what yeah maybe maybe he doesn't love him I think I think maybe after this, like, 10 years of evidence, we could say he's not his favorite player of all time. Okay, yeah, probably. Is that is that all you watched, Carly, that segment? <laughs> I, I, I is that all you I could take? Watched, like, Did you see segment. a graphic yeah. that just drove you nuts? Yeah. <laughs> not, not this episode, no. But still, so, Ron, LeBron, so would you LeBron's say better the graphics than better? competition on ESPN, okay? Let's just be clear about that, though. He's better than that. He doesn't need to do that shit. Why right. hasn't he done the dunk contest, Chaucer? Is he scared? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. At, at this point, it's 35, injury risk factor. You don't know. I was really looking forward to what you were saying because Skip had some legendary tweets Sunday night. Like, he was overanalyzing and breaking down what would happen if LeBron and MJ played. And just, like, no one gives a shit. So, um, Tuesday. And so, one thing I want to say is, obviously, because of the remote location, I didn't notice this. But one thing about Undisputed is there's already low-budget vibes. Like, when they're in the studio, it's extremely, like, it's not lit well enough. It's dark. You can barely see what's going sound on. Is, the sound but, is weird. Yeah, me and Loft will talk about this. It just doesn't look professional out there. And so, obviously, they were remote. And so, the intro, Lil Wayne, like, does a song for them. And that shit slaps. That was my first impression. Like, that song was hype. It was like gas. It's like yes, gas. And, like, Lil Wayne wrote it for Undisputed because he's like, boys with skit. So, that's just the first segment on Tuesday. There sure, was, they hang out a lot. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. There's actually a little bit of news with CMC. He re-signed that contract with the, um, with the Panthers. And the first thing you notice is Shannon in the backdrop has four LeBron Lakers jerseys just yeah. hanging yeah. over like a locker. And it's just Completely like... Completely reasonable. They're the same jerseys. Like, it just... That was like, Jesus, Shannon. Like, he's such a LeBron guy. So that was funny. I saw... Um, Shannon you- had... Do you have issues with that, Greggy? I'm just asking. Sorry yeah, to interrupt. Issue, but it was just funny how he has like four of the exact same jersey like in the backdrop. Like right, one speak, just making sure you don't have any issues. And three Lakers jerseys. Um, and then he talked about how like Teddy isn't more valuable than CMC, which like that's kind of debatable because quarterbacks make your team not running backs. But you know whatever. CMC is a great player. Skip then like comes in and Skip will always just like rip on everything Shannon said, which I guess is pretty entertaining. And he, he did say something that I didn't agree with at all. I want to know what you guys think. He said, Cam is a much better QB and will always be than CMC as a running back. Like, I just don't think you can say that is a definitive fact at all because, like, CMC was the best in the league last year, if not the second best, and Cam couldn't throw the ball 10 yards. So I did not agree with that take. Um, it got very boring. It brought it back to the Cowboys and Zeke, like, it's just I feel like they go back to the Cowboys a lot, so I started tuning out 
one thing also I noticed the segments are way longer than take. Like yeah, first he had like eight segments. This was like four and double the length. And so they go to break. I skip a little the end of the segment. And the next segment is called. So is it a big deal that Bill Belichick reportedly calls Jared Stidham Stid? That was the name of the segment. It's a, it's a, it's a huge <laughs> issue. Like, oh, so Shannon said it doesn't really matter. And Skip was like, this is the biggest deal ever. Skip thought this was so huge. This was, this was Bill's way of telling the league that he's going to turn Stidham into the next Tom Brady, that he could do it with anyone, that Tom Brady was nothing and that it's all Bill. So that's what Skip... You know, that's what he obviously interprets from Jared Stidham's nickname being Stid. Like, what else would you see from that? So that was a joke. I turned it off, but before I did, I looked at the rest of the topics to see if there was any interest. It was Far versus Rogers. Don't really care. Favorite Kobe last game memory. Heard it 700 times. RIP Kobe, obviously, though. Uh, which QB will be better, Tua or Burrow? Whatever. And... Will Alden Smith, like, be comeback player of the year? Those were the segments for the show. None of them really piqued my interest, so that was my watch on Tuesday. All right, babe. You watched on Wednesday. All right, well, yeah. I didn't know uh, Skip Bayless was not with ESPN until all of uh, 25 minutes ago. Interesting. So, yeah, um, so, uh, yeah, I watched on YouTube, like, uh, Buster, and um, – First off, it actually ties into what Greggy was saying. Uh, allegedly, Skip Bayless doesn't like LeBron. Never knew that, actually. Never knew that. Um, and then, yeah, so they're talking about, uh, like, LeBron, comparing him to MJ, like, this, this this tired debate of, like, who cares anymore, like, two different eras. Like, Skip just was, was not spitting facts. He was just saying LeBron is not even in the same, like, echelon as Michael Jordan, which which is absurd. He said, like, they're just, like, he's, like, he's, like, MJ's in in the galaxy far, far away. Like, shut up, Skip. Shut up, Skip. Shut up. LeBron, LeBron's a fucking goat. All right, I want to hear it. Let's go. Yeah, you got him. Yep. Yeah, I got him. Then like, really solid. He he was just, he was just like arguing with Shannon. They were like, Shannon's like, no, like, there's an argument to be made about like LeBron and LeBron MJ. And then Skip's like, no, not in the comparison. Not even the comparison. Like, that's just kind of stupid. Um. But he's like, he's like, you could compare LeBron to like the re- to like the rest of all the other NBA players, which makes no sense because he's not saying LeBron is above a certain category of all the other NBA players because LeBron's in, in his own right, in his own place in in like NBA history. And then they also spoke about the Dak like holding out on the Cowboys, um, and and Skip obviously was like not not a fan of it. I mean, who like I, I'm not a fan of it either. I actually agree with there like. Kind of, it's kind of bad luck your franchise quarterbacks like holding out on you, like because you got franchise tag, but like whatever, didn't really care about that. And then the other segment I watched, they're talking about like since Rodgers and Brady are in like the AFC in the NFC together, like Rodgers, like it's like impossible for him now to win, which is like kind of stupid because like, like, like the Packers went 13 and three last year, like they're obviously like a solid team and get it done, like can't just rule them out because Brady's in the NFC. Brady went like eleven and five last year and, and got smoked in the in the wild card round. So like, whatever. Yeah. So that's that, that's what I think. I didn't really enjoy it. You know, I, I really dug deep though. I really had to like do the analysis, put put the monocle on, yeah. got, got got did some detective work, yeah. Yeah. a lot of analysis. I definitely I think... didn't watch it t- ten minutes before we recorded. Um, that was that was incredible analysis. It definitely does. I mean, great. I forgot one more segment. I forgot one more segment. They also talked oh, about yeah, how yeah, like yeah. how like Brady. How like since like, Ooh, like Brady talk. the new the new Bucks jersey the new Bucks jersey that's like obviously most popular is the Brady jersey, and and then like 
the most like in like the three it's like three New England states are like the most like the most popular states where those jerseys are being purchased like and then and then Skip was trying to like correlate to that how like Patriots fans their loyalty resides with Brady. I mean like I don't really see that argument. I think it's just like they love Brady so they're gonna buy his jersey. Like I I'm gonna buy I bought a Brady Bucks jersey. It's just like it's just pretty cool. I don't really see that. I don't think that has anything to do with uh, Belichick's legacy. Like, I think the, the Patriots fans still love Belichick. It's kind of a dog shit point by Skip. Kind of just like in this time of Rona, he's just looking for anything to say that's controversial. So, yeah, that's it. So, I watched on Thursday. Um, I know, as a, like, as great you said, I noticed the LeBron jerseys. And within the LeBron jerseys, you do see the one gray Cavs jersey, which yeah. is kind of cool. I, you know, that's a great you look at. Yeah, great jersey. I think it was like the the city ones or whatever. And then you see Skip the background. He's got all the hats. Got a Vanderbilt hat there. Maybe you went to Vanderbilt. I don't know. But yeah, as a skip, segment, skip you went to Vanderbilt. Yeah, yeah, he seems like a Vanderbilt guy. But um, so yeah, for the segment, I think it was it was um like best NBA dynasty. So they actually like both agree on this, which is kind of crazy. I didn't think this was gonna happen. So Shannon, he went with. Uh, they both agreed upon the Bill Russell Celtics days, which honestly I never really watched. Don't really, I think they won like eleven championships or something like that. Yeah, I've never seen highlights or I anything like that. Ones. So yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I guess it's good. I don't know. I guess and uh, um, the moderator, I mean, she's hot, so that's just kind of like cool. But other than that, like you putting that out there, cat, you flown yeah, that one? No, she's hot, but um. It was, I don't know, it was just, like, decent. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not an NBA guy. Didn't really – I don't. I didn't follow the the Bill Russell days of the Celtics. So, I mean, I guess it was solid. I'd rather watch it over first take, though. You were I mean, a little I young think, then. You were probably I think an infant the best around way to the Bill get, Russell uh, time. I think the best <laughs> way on this video to get the new audience is talk about 1960s basketball. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 talking about that uh, Celtics dynasty, it just sucks. I missed those games. I was busy that week. (laughs) If I I just had any more time, I wasn't so. Were you swamped? Were you swamped that week? I I was absolutely swamped. I was just so. (laughs) If I had a little bit of time, couldn't see like the 1963 finals. If I had a little (laughs) bit of time, I definitely would have checked it out though. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Yeah, I was a little swamped too. (laughs) I checked out Friday's episode of Undisputed. Uh, One thing I'll say, you know, we. We ripped into first take, uh, but for as like stupid and dumb first take is, it's not as boring as Undisputed. I mean, yeah. you watch Undisputed, everything feels so low rent, as Greg, you mentioned earlier. The audio is weird. The audio sounds like ours. You know, the the video, <laughs> the, the like actual like camera footage is weird. The lighting's bad. Uh, but somehow, when they're doing it remote, it somehow feels better than when they're in studio. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how to explain it. There's it's a reason the, for the audio being bad and the quality being bad. Like, there's no reason when you're in, like, an $8 million studio that your audio is terrible. Yeah. When uh, the segment I checked out today, as Gray mentioned earlier, it's a 12-minute segment, which I think is a lot better than First Take. And First Take, the debates never finish. Uh, yeah. You know, they, they never make – they never actually get their last word. And Molly always tells them that they have to get paid, and then they go to commercial. Uh, <laughs> on this one, they were going back and forth about the Dak Prescott, like, uh, contract negotiations. And, you know, it has been played out over the last few months, especially on a show like Undisputed, you know, Skip Talking Boys. Uh, I feel bad that Shannon Sharp's a part of this show. I feel I feel bad for him. I, I don't see this show's not going to stay on air for much longer. And I think Shannon's going to go do bigger things. But what he did in this segment, uh, it, it, it was it was some good work. You know, he gave some solid takes. He delivered. 
I think Skip might just be past his prime at this point. I feel wow. like Skip, as a take giver, just isn't there anymore. You know, he's not – it's not as high energy. He's just not doing a great job. Uh, I think Shannon did a solid job. Shannon's actually coming with facts. You know, Skip argues a lot of emotion <laughs> into it, just doesn't really, uh, doesn't really, you know, stick to the facts of the argument and say what has to be said. Uh, besides that, you know, I once again, I'll repeat, I did like how the, the argument actually finished. They both got their piece. They agreed to disagree, and that was the end of it. Uh, one thing I will say, though, it reminded me of first take a bit uh, how, like, the debates are never uh, isolated. They start referencing statements they've already made. But the thing I'll say, th- it's better on Undisputed because it's always Skip and Shannon uh, debating. When on first take, they'll be arguing, then they'll mention what they said to a third party that was there on a different episode. And if I didn't watch that episode of first take, I'm like, the fuck's going on? Why was Marcellus, why was like Marcus Spears on talking to you about this? You know, and why, why is Stephen A like holding something Max said to Marcus Spears against them? On Undisputed, it's always them saying it to each other. So it makes a lot more sense. And they actually have like a pretty decent rapport at this point. And so for that reason, like while it feels so low rate, that's maybe like the one like flaw I'd have with the show. I think it is better than first take at this point. But they'll never be able to make it to first takes level just with like skip at this point of his career and how does like low rent the uh and the he, show again is like this it's the face of like sports television, whether that's good or bad, and Fox Sports One is not like at all. Yeah. Are we gonna do are we gonna keep this segment up? Are we gonna do the herd at all? Yeah, we can do the herd. I'm down. That's gonna be a glowing review. I love the play herd. Travis, play love the herd. Me me oh, and Ryan are OG herd guys. Little outkick segment. Little outkick. No, yeah, but as much as we've been shitting, you know, you may have the impression like, oh, what what impresses these guys? We'll watch the fucking herd, okay? We'll give a great review to the herd. You can promise that. And 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 coward's daughter. We'll give a great review to her oh, too. Yeah. She's a <laughs> rocket. Live. He had a rod on today. Too bad we didn't do this week. Oh yeah, you better, you better watch out when when he's on set. A rod's there. His daughter's there. You better watch out. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's gonna be a problem. Be a problem. If you if you think A Rod's loyal to any woman, you're out of your fucking mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're gonna, we're gonna go to break. Uh, we're gonna come back with freezing cold takes. We had him on the pod. It was a great interview. He gave a ton of great, insight. Great interview. It's glad yeah, I could join yeah. in. Yeah, Hearn gives Lee us love is, Lee Loveless, our jaws were dropping the whole time. It was electric. No, but for real, it was a really you guys. We're spoiling you guys with that content. You're welcome. We're going to come this back. One, this one's now. getting 400 views. Calling it here. We're going to the moon. I mean, we're not stopping. Um, our, and then we're going to come back. The graph of our view count is just insane. It's like it's, yeah, it's fucking gyro. vertical at this point. It's a straight vertical. line. We're going to come back with a mock draft. So I guess we'll, we'll all have certain teams, certain picks go. This is the Say It Ain't So mock draft. So stay tuned. So we are welcoming on Fred Siegel, also known as Old Takes Exposed on Twitter, Freezing Cold Takes on Instagram, This Day in Sports Clips. We also refer to him on the pod as My Internet Dad because I run, obviously, Freezing Cold, Freezing Cold Takes. So I guess we'll start with, I'm really interested to hear this. What, what was like the moment or was it a take that like made you decide to start Freezing Cold Takes in the first place? It wasn't necessarily a take. It was... It was essentially just following Twitter and following uh, all the journalists that go on to the account. I used to use it just to get my sports news. And when they would write their posts about certain things that happened, so it would say, uh, just like I predicted, this happened. And uh, they would 
pat themselves on the back and I remembered all the stuff they said that was wrong. So I just decided, hey, I'm just going to troll them and make an account uh, just for fun. I didn't expect mm-hmm. it to be what what it became, but I just did it just for fun at the time. So that's essentially really where it came from. I, you know, I always like to mess with the journals on Twitter ever since Twitter became such a good platform in order to be able to interact with the people you uh, read or, or talk to or listen to on TV or the radio. Yeah, no, it gets annoying sometimes to see the journalists like always pat themselves on the back and like show when they have good takes. And that's what I love about your account, how you're the one, like you're really the biggest account by far out there that is the one that digs up all the old takes. So yeah, it's cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I think that they, um, they, they take themselves less seriously now, maybe because of the account and other people. There are a lot of other people who, who do uh, who don't necessarily have an account, but they do with their own account occasionally if it's about their own team or or a team that they support or they know that they don't like this person, certain journalist, and they'll they'll use their old takes and post them. All right. When you originally made the account, like, did you think that it would get to what it is today, like four hundred thousand followers on Twitter? No, be that big. That's wild. No, I didn't, not even close. I didn't even. I didn't expect it to be anything. I expected it to be like something that's to use for fun. Um, so, essentially, that's uh, it. Be, it became something that, that became much bigger than I expected. That's right. awesome. You're like essentially like the police of the takes and everything, <laughs> like the sports takes. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the the. TV personalities and the journalists and the media, they, they're more used to the cold takes being posted uh, by me afterwards. But they're, what, they're, what they hate is when they post anything interesting on Twitter, what they do is, is what, what all the followers will post. Even if it's in real time, they'll just say, right now, I think this team's going to win the championship or something like that. All the followers will just tag under them. Like 50 yeah 50 of them that really bothers them mm-hmm. that's really the most annoying thing to them out of anything especially yeah. if it's something that's especially if it's something that's not really even a take like right. i would never even yeah. use but people will tag them anyway um and like more into the media side of it this is something i've like i really want to know have you ever been like threatened by the like people that you've exposed or has anyone ever Sure, back at you after you went at them. Like, what are some of the cool interactions you've had with these personalities? Uh, yeah, all the time. I like that. Uh, um, I get all all the time them chirping back and blocking me. I have a lot of them block. I, a lot of them have me blocked. Some of them um, do it without even telling me. I won't even realize it until somebody tags me like under their tweet, and then I can't see it, uh, and then I realize I'm blocked by them, and I didn't realize it, but. Um, I get a lot of that. I get a lot of them coming into my direct messages telling me why this is not a take or whatever. A lot of them call me out saying uh, certain things about me, um, you know, just insulting me, sometimes not tagging me, sometimes tagging me. Uh, But it's been going on for years with that. Um, There's a lot of them that just don't like me. I don't make perfectly clear. And uh, but for the most part, I've never really had any threats. I've never really had any um, actual threats. I do get a lot of them coming into my mentions to try to tag me and tell me about other media people's takes, and they they want me to post it. Really, like pulling the media. Wow. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there they all in- do that. Oh, right. I, I won't say who goes into my DMs because then they won't go into my DMs. But, right. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I won't say that, but I will say that they do do that. Do you like? Are there any big accounts or something like big media people that have you blocked though that you know? Of? I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure. I just can't think of it off the top of my head. I mean, the list is pretty long. Um, I don't. I can't think off the top of my head like any anyone in particular that's huge. Um, but I'm sure there are. Uh, I just don't. I don't even um, know. I'm about just. I'm, in terms of in terms of names, um, um, this guy uh, John Heyman, uh, MLB reporter, is like. Oh yeah, he's very known for blocking. Just blocking people. Very like blocking a ton of people. How quickly like did he block you? Because <laughs> I'm assuming he it blocked you. It took him you. a little while. It took him a little while to block me. But he has me blocked for sure. I I made. Yeah, I posted. I may have posted a few times. His, he had a Kershaw, a really funny Kershaw take from like 2010. It's really funny. I posted it a lot, and he blocked me. Um, Joe and Evan from All right WFAN. Yeah, we're probably gonna... like in August of 2017, maybe. They he was on their show, and. Uh, they asked him why he blocked me. I guess I had posted it the day before that he had blocked me. And he went off on me. Wow. Uh, uh, someone recorded it. Someone was like in a taxi cab in New York. And it was on and they recorded it and posted it. And it was a long while back. It was probably about two and a half years ago. But, uh, but yeah, he is definitely one that blocks me. And he doesn't like me. He will, he will make it clear if anyone tags me. There are some people, I can tell you who, uh, do you know Evan Silva? Yeah, he's an NFL guy. I don't know. I think yeah. he's a fantasy guy. Yeah, he's a, he does like fantasy stuff. If you tag me to him, or if you like somebody tagging me to him, he will block everybody who does. He blocks every single person <laughs> who is even remotely mentions me to them. Wow. To, to, to him, to any of his posts, he, yeah, he would block. One of his takes, he has like, a quick okay. block, like immediately. It's uh, it, automatic um, block by him. He he probably there's probably nobody who's been more outspoken about the dislike towards me than that guy. Um, uh, so yeah, he he's a he's an immediate block guy. So just liking and like a tweet that's added to you, you get blocked. Yeah, he'll get he'll block that person too. Yeah, yeah, he blocks everybody. That, that takes that takes a lot of time to to do because if you post any type of opinion ever about sports, and if you have like a blue check or anything, you post any opinion, I'm sure like like somebody somebody tags you. So oh yeah, you tags his posts all the time, and I can't see them. I can't see. Yeah, them. so so I don't even like, use them. But um, yeah, he he's. He, it's almost to the point where I, I may I, I may not even post any stuff because he gets so he he bothers him so much that I just it's it's not even it's like beyond uh, it, it's it's like becomes like seems like petty you know, like right. attacking somebody who, who gets so bothered by it and just leave him alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, he he's 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 the big one that does it the most. There's other guys like that. I just don't know. I just don't. I know they're like I. I know them if if I was tagged to them, but I don't. 
think can't think of it right now. But there's there's other guys who are definitely like that. And if I mean if I look at my if I look at my mentions that aren't I rarely ever do this because they're usually all negative. But I, if I look at my mentions, not mentions, but like if I just look up my name, like I'm gonna look up freezing cold takes or old takes exposed without the tag. That's where people really start, and you can see a lot of journalists who really don't like me. They they will because they like to do it without tagging me, so then I don't won't retweet it. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's all it's almost all negative. People but, hate uh, when they're wrong, so like it's yeah, just yeah yeah. Um, something like that's very interesting is like you'll post like takes from like. 20 years ago, like that'll be relevant today. And just like your vault is so big. And I wanted to know, like you said before, like you'll remember stuff that they said, but like, how do you remember every single thing? Because anytime any news breaks, like you have some media guy who like had a terrible take on it. Like, do you just save everything you see or how does that work? No, that's a myth. I like to do that with my, um, I like to pretend that I do that, mm-hmm. but I don't, uh, actually a myth but what happens is is that now especially now um you know people always remember especially if it's about their team so as soon as something breaks news breaks um i usually get pretty flooded right with posts like in my dms and my in my uh mentions with all sorts of material from everybody telling me now um I, i can look it up too i can look it up if it's during the game, if it's during the game, and I feel like there's a possibility that there could be like a comeback, and then yeah. I'll put it, I'll put it in my bookmarks, <laughs> or like if 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 um, if there's a big game the next day and people are talking about it a couple of days in advance, I'll put it in my bookmarks. But other than that, I don't really have anything saved. Um, it kind of just everything just comes to me. Do you ever have, like, people, like, turn themselves in about bad takes and, like, at you? Yeah, all the time. Because they like <laughs> to do it. Yeah, because they like to do it to get ahead of it. Uh, to, to get ahead of it. Yeah. Um, n- not so much. Uh, they do it so much. But they sometimes they'll do it. Uh, sometimes they'll do it. They'll, they'll, they'll po- whenever they post, like, a, a prediction, they'll, they'll tag me to the prediction. Yeah, I see that a so lot. that way, and that that's a good way to avoid yeah. people tagging me, like 50 people tagging me. Um, I remember when I was in college, I used to, um, I don't know if you guys are in college yet, but when you yeah. get there, are you in college? Yeah, yeah, we're, all, yeah we're, all, we're all in college. Oh, yeah, so you guys are in college right now. Do you, like, do you have the elections? Yeah. Like yeah. the student body election. Yeah. Like if you go into yeah. the town square, the square, or are you going to, like, the center area, there's, like, 27 people. Right. I want to coming up to you to try to explain their platform. You mean you're just walking <laughs> to class. And uh, and you just walk into class. So I used to just take one of the part like one of the, they I used to take a sticker from like one of the people who came up to me. I go, Can I give you a sticker, the platform? And I put it, I'd wear it. So when I'd walk all the way by Nobody would come up to me anymore from any of the other parties because <laughs> because, <laughs> because I was wearing support for one of the parties, um, and uh, <laughs> and uh, so that's what they do. They'll they'll like brand it the, the tweet like uh, old takes exposed. Nobody will bother them anymore about it. Um, so it, it's it, it's like that way. That's a good trick for you if you're getting annoyed by the people when you're walking in class. 
uh, at the student body and just put on somebody's platform. I didn't even know what they were. <laughs> um, something that, like, because you said, I know you just explained, like, what you do with sports. And I know, like, a lot of people love, like, when you do the news, old takes exposed, like, the, yeah. like an automobile one the other day. Like, that's just a fad. Yeah. That is it the yeah. same process when you come up with those like news tapes? Those I've been looking for now. Um, I don't do them as much, but they do get sent to me, and I'll post them if they're really funny. Yeah. I think in this situation, there's not really that much to react to, right. so I was either posting like just random ones or stuff like that. So you're just trying to find uh, something interesting to post that maybe you haven't used mm -hmm. that I haven't used. So. Uh, I just go with like those I was looking for myself, but I, I actually I started a, I started a, a, a thread in my Twitter feed like things that are just a fad, send yeah. tips. So uh, I got a lot of tips from that. that. So yeah, so I got a lot of tips from that. That's where those came from. Um, but yeah, uh, yes. those are more just trying to find things interesting to post, uh, just besides random old ones that uh, because there's nothing to react to really. Um, until, until I guess sports comes back, the draft will be, uh, will give us some content, but mm -hmm. soon the NFL draft, but other than that. Yeah. That's like... yeah. Um, so who do you think, uh, you've like, out of like all the people that post like takes on Twitter or anywhere for that matter, like, who do you think you've like posted the most? Like, who do you think you've exposed the most in terms of like their cold takes overall probably probably coward <laughs> but think about it think about this like I, I could expose like i could do like guys like skip bayless all the time but i don't do it that much because people yeah he's like kind of the type of guy who people really question his genuineness of his takes mm -hmm. so yeah. some of them so, are so it's really like so it's like counterproductive as in he's trying to create attention for himself and I post them that I'm giving him the attention that he actually wants. Uh, but guys like Cowherd, the thing about them is, is that when you take Fox sports and their media people, their, their strategy is just post content, 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 anything that's going to create uh, attention. So anytime Cowherd says a hot take, it'll be posted right there on the media yeah. By all their accounts. Because of that, they're all memorialized. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of other shows out there that have a lot of hot takes, but I, I personally am not going to watch them right. and just record them on a daily basis. But with the guys like Cowherd and all these other Fox guys, they're recorded for you mm -hmm. right there, all of them. So they, they really comes with us having a lot more access to them than anyone else. And with more access, you have more choose from in the post um, so that's really kind of where he gets hit the most uh but the guys like Stephen a smith they they post a lot of his stuff too for right. ESPN accounts but not even close to as much as fox mm -hmm. does fox strategy yeah. is to post as much as, as as many hot takes or provocative statements possible um so like talking about like Coward, do you, do you ever like see those those videos that like people make like the compilations of him like contradicting contradicting himself at all? And like do you ever do you ever yeah, like, think about do you ever I, post I those? I saw one today. I saw one today. With him, I mean, it's easy. 
uh, to do that with. He's a, he's the type of personality who's going to talk about um, he's talk about what's important that day, and he's going to really kind of forget and not really consider what he said in the past. And also, he's like, just trying he's trying to make he's trying to make a good show or good content or or interesting content for that day. So he doesn't really even care if it contradicts with it, because that's what he has to do to um, to, to generate the audience that he has. Because uh, being like measured and 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 stuff like that, that doesn't really it's not going to really get you a same type of audience in that kind of platform. Also, like with Coward, he's like talking for three hours a day, but solo right Yeah, now. so there's so much stuff. There's so much stuff he says. That's another. That's another thing about it you 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 can take shows there are certain shows too where people just say stuff because they're talking and they have to continue talking or it'll be awkward so they say whatever comes to their head even if they without thinking about it around the horn is one of those shows and they have to talk so they have to keep going a lot of the times they're not even that well versed on the topic um you know, like woody hayes analyzing the uh college basketball Sweet sixteen. I mean, he probably doesn't even know any of the players, so it's like that. Like, you know, like they just talk, so it's a, it's hard. I, I get sent some of the stuff, but uh, but the TV it's harder because I would have to watch it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I know you just went over like how Coward obviously is the king of um, cold takes, like on your account. Have there been any takes, like in particular, that you've had saved up and that you're like? you're like thrilled to post or satisfy you or like significant in like the buzz they got or intention. There's players, there's players that, that are really, that you really kind of hope that they, they succeed. Uh, the, the, the best ones are the ones of the players who succeed and they were trashed. Like mm-hmm. those are the ones that generate the most uh, because they kind of rallies around everybody. When it comes to when it comes to something or a player or a team was like positive, you're real positive taken. You say they're negative, and then right. it kind of becomes like it's really only like the rival teams, the teams that beat them that really kind of post it. Mm-hmm. Really, uh, so with that, like you got guys like uh, I say, you got guys like I don't know, Mitch, Mitch Trubisky, uh, uh, Daniel Jones. Yep. Josh Allen, guys like that, you'd love to see really, really succeed. I mean, Josh Allen made the playoffs, and Buffalo fans are really, really push you hard. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but even so, like he could not have a good year next year. So you got to be cautious. But um, those are the type of guys. You, you, you they're players that really are. Um, you hope, or if it's a series, like a, a playoff series. Right, you're, you're. It's like the, like Warriors blew that three one lead. One, yeah. So so like by the time with NBA playoffs, it's really really you you really have a lot of time to prepare your arsenal because of the way the series is going. So mm-hmm. so like when the 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 Cavs maybe got it to three three in that series, you can really start preparing the stuff because you'll have two mm-hmm. extra days. To, to really push together what you want to put together. And um, you can feel it out. It's the same way with baseball, but not even baseball, at least the games are like kind of like close together. Basketball, there's a two day break after every game. 
in the series. So it's easy. Um, but like stuff like that like, with Kawhi Leonard, um, last year I was able to put together a lot of stuff about like, like it's not going to, uh, the signing wasn't really beneficial for Toronto because mm-hmm. right. it's just going to leave after the next year and they're not going to win anything. So, um, so you could, you have time, especially like the way the series is going, you have time to put all that together and post it like the second series. Ends. The second it ends. Yeah. Cause yeah, that's, yeah. like, the bell rings and you're just you're punch after punch like there's so many you just expose them all at once right away. Oh yeah, with the with the NBA playoffs, it's really like that. Major League to an extent, NBA is the most. NBA playoffs is really you have a lot of time to prepare everything mm-hmm. in all situations. Um, so yeah, uh, but I I get a lot of people sending me stuff too, and I I on Twitter I get the tags all the time. From the same posts, you know, it'd be like a hundred people tagging the same ones. Same with Instagram mentions and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't really get to the Instagram mentions because it really the way that they do it, the way that they do it with your mentions is it's like impossible. Like yeah, I, cool. I like you have to go through all the likes. It adds up to likes. Yeah, uh, okay. yeah, I'm not gonna. I, I can't see it. So. Um, and now, so I want to ask you something about like the account that I made. So I made it. After the AB situation, if you remember, like he got traded to the Bills for a minute or something like that, and then like you posted stuff where people were saying he was going to go to the Raiders, and then the deal went through. And no, went, yeah, yeah. And my friend was like, "Oh, yo, like you should make this account." So I made it completely as a joke. Oh, yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. What was that? Uh, the oh yeah, Antonio Brown because 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 somebody said the Bills. Yeah, and, and like the report yeah, like, was kind of off. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I was posting. Yeah, I, t- I jumped the gun. And that's um, the yeah you you always are so quick so that's the few times I get you that's how that's when I get you is when something's like misreported or out of the way so I just wanted to know what are your thoughts when you see like my posts or my account in general. Well, sometimes yeah, I mean, I I, I understand that it's it's I mean, you're relying on one person to make mistakes. You're not going to really have that much comment content. Yeah, so I could see when you post like things that are in between. Um, yeah. Some there were some that, that like were that didn't uh, that don't even apply, I guess. But like, yeah, I mean, especially the ones where I do the the um, the writing down. Mm-hmm. One, yeah, the writing emoji. There was though. one with clap the other day that someone called me out on because I wrote it in that you know Christian McCaffrey. He said Christian McCaffrey is going to be the best running back in the draft, and I, I I wrote under it like with the writing emoji. But uh, yeah, I, I do that mostly because there's 20 million people tagging me to the tank. Right. And then when, when they tag, so then I just, I reply to it because I want people to see that I did that. Mm-hmm. So they don't keep tagging me to it. But um, people assume that that's like, I really have the thought that like McCaffrey wouldn't be the best player in the draft. And they'll, they'll, they'll go, Oh wow, look at this. You're yeah. And I don't argue with it. I just retweet it and say, Oh yeah. But uh but those are like those are like borderline because you know, most of the time I'm doing it kind of just to show that I got it so people don't I, I don't I didn't really have a thought about McCaffrey being the best running back in the draft or not um, for for that one but that, see that, those types are easy for you to post I guess I, yeah the, the intention is a little different like than me just um, getting it wrong 
uh, jumping the gun. I, sometimes I jump the gun and I know that there's a possibility that it could be bad. I don't do it as much on Instagram. On Twitter, yeah. Twitter is much more fast paced. It's much more it's much faster paced. So, so you want to really get there. Uh, I I do that because I just you know, I'll risk it for the timing, <laughs> the timing wise. I'll no, just risk it. You know, the fact that I even have like any type of following is just like it's just directly like because of you and because people like your account so much. That's why I'm able to get. Oh like, yeah, well. Like <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah. I mean, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, people love to see me. Like, they love to try to get post stuff about me because, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm trolling everybody. Uh, they'll do it a lot. Uh, they'll even be going more extreme, like, and it's a period or something on Twitter. I'll get all sorts of that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So that yeah, they love that, right? So that yeah, it's definitely a type of account that could be uh, uh, people would like. Um, it's just that you're relying on one person. Yeah, the, for the content. content. So it's really not that much content. Um, I don't have that much content in terms of takes. I, I'm right. just not. I've never really been the type of person who. Who just analyzes stuff on on social media, though, so, or like at least on a tweet, maybe in the replies, but not on the tweet. So uh, I saw you uh, actually recently just re- uh, retweeted one of Funhouse's uh, tweets, and like I just want to hear like what are your thoughts on the whole Funhouse situation and like the with the Mike Francesa and stuff like that. I'm upset. I, I I'm saddened about it because I loved I loved his posts about Francesa. I mean, it was a very unique unique thing. Uh, Francesca has amazingly funny, unintentionally funny posts or commentary now. And Funhouse was the only one who chronicled it. So yeah. it was a very unique. It was very unique. He had to listen to all those shows, yeah. and nobody will do that. So, um, so, so it's sad that. But I understand, like where. The Francesca's coming from in a sense that, you know, nobody really knew, cared about Francesca anymore. And he used yeah. to be a god, but like, a, like, he used to be like the, like the authority, the great, the great Mike Francesca, but now he's kind of like a, a joke. And, but nobody cares about him anymore. So Funhouse was, was raising his profile, but in all the, ro- for, but, but, all the wrong reasons. they all constantly made him look bad. So um, I could see why they uh, he didn't like it because it kind of it kind of highlighted his laziness because yeah. he just he's just so lazy now he doesn't even it doesn't even seem like he prepares he's looking at statistics on his phone like during the show yeah um, he's like the anti cowherd you know, like cowherd is the most prepared guy oh, he yeah. had everything meticulously thought out what he's going to say and why he's going to say it and things like that um, before the show even starts and francesca probably doesn't even do a lick of it and just like <laughs> looking at his looking at his phone to find out statistics um, you know, that's uh, it's it's uh, but francesca uh, but yeah, back after this was really good at that. Now he's now he's kind of like really kind of a cowherd chronicler. That's what I was gonna ask. Which doesn't it, it probably generates more interaction. Probably generates more traffic for him mm-hmm. because there are many people who many more people pay many more people watch Coward. He's a national guy, and and he's got a big show. So um, people know him. So uh, but. 
it's a different, it's just a different type of criticism than it is Francesca. Francesca is easier in a sense that uh, he's, it's, he's just, some of the things he says are so unintentionally comical that it's really funny. But I'm, I'm upset. I, 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 it saddens me. I really liked it when he was allowed to do that. Uh, but I mean, if you're mis- constantly, if, the, if there's no one else watching the show, and there's one person constantly making you look like a fool, get rid of that person. Mm-hmm. Um, because nobody else cares. So you also run another, I, I also know you another, uh, you run another page on Instagram called uh, the stay in sports clips. I, I really like that page a lot. Um, and like, would you, would you like, what made you decide to create that page? Yeah, I just love, like, I love like lo- clips, old clips and it helps me like, you know, I like searching for them and posting them and talking about them. So that's really where that all began. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I love, I, I want an excuse to post like less. There's a lot of old clip pages out there and some of them take my shit from my yeah. sports clip pages. It's really fucking annoying. Um, but, um, and other ones post, but there's some ones that just post like the great plays. I, I just always wanted an excuse to post like more random plays than just the great plays. Like guy makes great catch, something like that. And this day in sports clips really gives me the excuse because uh, it happened this day. So, so I just do that. Um, I, I built up. I have so many days built up. I, I just put it on Twitter too. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's why I did that. It's fun. It's just fun to find the old clips and, and things like that. You learn a lot more about some of the things that happened in the past while I'm putting it together too. I remember you um, a few days ago. You had one that went really big. It was like. I forgot the specific player in media, but it was someone who got into like a verbal or a physical. Like... Oh yeah, famous Jim Everett. Yeah, yeah. Jim Everett. He was a Rams quarterback, and then at that time he was a quarterback of the Saints. But mm-hmm. Jim Rome kept calling him Chris because Jim Rome was Jim Rome was on was a local was a local LA guy back in the early nineties, and Jim Everett was the quarterback for the LA Rams, and. Um, this is before. This is the first time they were in LA. This is before they moved to St. Louis, and uh, Jim Everett was the infamous he, as a quarterback. He was very famous for getting like skittish in the pocket and not and getting a little scared when he was taking the wouldn't take he he couldn't he would take sacks and he would get skittish in the pocket when pressure came along. So Jim Rome, which would never fly today. Never fly. You couldn't do this today. Mm-hmm. Kept calling him Chris. As like there was the famous tennis player Chris Everett. So he was mocking him. He, he was mocking him because he was like kind of a, you know, a, like a wuss. Uh, and he called him that for years in L.A. in local L.A. And then Jim Rome got the show, the, the national show, in um, TV show for ESPN two. Call it. I was like that. That literally was the first year of ESPN two, um, and it was called Talk Two, and it was a daily show live. I don't know if it was daily, maybe once a week. It was live, uh, and Jim Everett came on the show, and he 
Rome immediately went to the Chris Everett. Nice to see you. Mm-hmm. And G- Jim Everett said, you're not going to call me that again. He said, okay, Chris. And that, he just went off on him. And it was real. And, he, and Jim Everett was all about it when I posted it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. He posted it. Memories. He wrote memories. And Jim wrote, Rome's a really proud guy. He never said a single, single thing about it. He never talked to Jim Everett. Never, but it's one of the most famous things that happened on TV. And since it was live, it was like, yeah, yeah. So I couldn't believe that when I like saw your video because I we weren't obviously alive for that. And like I yeah. just like holy shit! Like he actually just like went at him like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jim Rome's come. Jim Rome became like the biggest sports radio guy there was there is for a yeah. long time. Uh, so it didn't, you know, it kind of I got may have probably helped him. Um, so, but, uh, he's, he's definitely a proud guy. He certainly doesn't like it and he never talked about it. Uh, but it's, it's one of the most famous things. I mean, guys like, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's the type of stuff. Like people your age are following, you know, mm-hmm. there's stuff from the nineties and stuff, early yeah. mid nineties that, that that's, just, stuff. Yeah. you don't, you don't have, you don't really have a good wealth of information about it. Uh, but but that Jim Everett thing is, is famous. It's very famous. There's a lot of famous stuff that happened in the past that um, YouTube's kind of brought to light again. Yeah. You know, back in the day with Jim Everett thing, Jim Rome, you didn't, with before YouTube, you'd have to rely on somebody like from a TV show talking about it. You know? That'd be like if Baker like went at Colin next time he's on the herd. Like just, just like, right, right. Right. Baker went out after Colin if he was in the herd. There's probably a delay. There's probably a, a delay on the herd. Yeah. So, yeah. So they probably they probably would be able to they probably be able to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but I mean, people would know. But uh, Baker, yeah, if Baker went after Colin. But right now, na- nowadays, think about it. Jim Rome would never is would never call Jim Everett Chris. To his face, yeah, no way. No, he would never call it at all. He'd yeah, touch but... it because the because you know the he would get crucified by the media and everybody for 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 sexism and comparing him to a girl and you know things yeah. like that. So, but back then it, it wasn't talked about as much. People didn't really give care that much about people doing that. Right. Um. I think we just have one last question. So, like. You know, we know you've been saying, like, you root for certain players to succeed and stuff. We just want to know, like, you specifically, like, what are the teams that you root for, like, players that, like, the, just, yeah, teams that you're a fan of? Well, I'm a big college football and college basketball guy. Those are my two favorite sports. And I went to University of Florida. Oh, okay. So I, I love University of Florida sports. I mean, that's where my passion is the most. I grew up in Miami. Mm-hmm. I had season tickets to the Dolphins in the heat, so... Oh, wow. Those are my teams, and then, uh, and then you know the Marlins, the Marlins. Back in the day, we used to go to the Marlins games all the time. Uh, I lived about ten minutes from the stadium because it was in North Miami. They're very great thing about Marlins games. Nobody went. Yeah, about six thousand people at the most. I mean, so you could buy tickets. You could buy, you could buy six. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, still definitely true now. Less people go now, but it's so far away from me. It's not the same. You could go park. Uh, it's a Dolphin. Well, now it's called Hard Rock Stadium, but before it was called Joe Robbie Stadium, Dolphin Stadium. And it was a baseball fit, baseball stadium and football stadium. 
but the seats were configured like football. So it was really kind of a bad baseball stadium, but you could go buy tickets for $6 at the top, top, top deck, and then just go and sit near the front. It's awesome. Because no one was there. So you could watch major league baseball. And unless the Red Sox are playing and the Mets, nobody would be there. Um, so you could go there and watch the game. So that's, that's what I used to do. So we love the Marlins, but now they're in the new stadium. Well, now the Dolphin Stadium is just a football stadium. They changed the whole thing. And then the, uh, the new stadium is in downtown Miami or like not even in downtown Miami, but like past downtown Miami, Little Havana, where the Orange Bowl used to be. And it's just not the same going to a game there. It's just it's, even though the stadium is real nice, but it's just it doesn't have it, it's a big mission to go to a game. And I'm sure nobody will continue to go. Yeah, it's just not it's not really as much as you think. It's just not a baseball town. Mm-hmm. My, Miami's not as big of a sports town as other towns okay. yeah. because it's like secondary sports are secondary. You know, a lot of towns like you go think about towns like Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, things like that. People are really, really just obsessed with their sports teams. It's not yeah. as the same in Miami. Mm-hmm. We're from New York, so yeah, like Yankee games are always packed. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, that's all we have, right, guys? Any other questions? That should be it. Uh, thank thank you so much. We really appreciate you coming on. We've been like, I'm so glad I asked you. We didn't know if you'd say yes or not, but. If you spited my account anyway, but clearly not. Uh, thank yeah, we really appreciate. appreciate yeah, you. you're lucky I got it. You're lucky I, got it. I don't. I'm, yeah. I'm really bad at. I'm really bad at the uh, mm-hmm. inbox on Instagram. I, just, I mean, you I was, answered I, right away. Also, though, like yeah, yeah, yeah. You're lucky I got it that time. I, I I'm really bad at the inbox on Instagram. I'm really good at the inbox on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, yeah, no problem. Anytime, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. And we're back. So we are bringing you guys the first ever Say It Ain't So Mock Draft 1.0. This one will be down in history books for the first ever one. So how this is going to work is one through five, Herney has the first pick, uh, Loft has the second pick, I have the third pick, Charlie has the fourth, Cap has the fifth, and then we're going to keep alternating. So Herney goes back to sixth for those teams. So we've all done research. We know what teams, we know the needs for the teams. So we're going to go like that. It's going to be a collective mock. All of us are bringing our huge brains in to combine, make this masterpiece. So, Hearn, you are on the clock with the Cincinnati Bengals and the first overall pick. All right. Pick's locked in already. Uh, With the first pick, the Cincinnati Bengals are taking Joe Burrow, the fucking Tiger King. No one's surprised by this. Maybe some. Maybe some. You know I'm a huge Burrow guy when I shit on Tua. Fuck that guy. You, you saw in his wonder, like, he's dumb. Joe Burrow, smart guy, the Tiger King. Seems like he's destined to be on the Bengals, you know. He was a Tiger in college. He's a Bengal now. He put up, what did he throw, 60 touchdowns to six interceptions or something? Insane. He's just, he, he's an alpha. We saw him in, in the natty. He just, he put on a show for us. Undisputed, should be the first pick. No, no further explanation needed. Yeah, he put on a show every game he played last year. Yeah. He really separated himself from the pack. The surefire number one pick all the way through. Some wanted to start the draft after this pick because of how obvious of a pick it was, but it's an it's a no brainer. And the reason and the reason why I why I jokingly but kind of seriously say the draft starts at pick three is because pick number one at, with Joe Burrow is su- like I think is just such a lock as well as what I think the next pick is. But see we'll see. We'll see. Okay, with the R-words. second pick. The Washington R-Words select uh, Chase Young, 
uh, defensive end out of uh, the Ohio State University. Uh, th- this seems like a like like this picks are, are almost like uh, automatic. It's locked in. Uh, even though you could argue it's not necessarily a need for Washington, th- they got to go best player available here. And Chase Young uh, is just like the prototype of what you want in a defensive end. To me, he's like the Saquon Barkley of uh, defensive linemen. He has the perfect build for it. When if you were to make a defensive end in a lab, he would look like Chase Young. He uh, and the production matches too. He's he's uh lit up his whole college career. He's been the best uh defensive end in the nation, and uh for a long time now. And like he's gonna be a surefire pro bowler. I mean, some some would say that they would want to like model like their children after Chase Young too. I mean, like yeah, no doubt about it. Guy's a stud. I mean, when the the bright lights were on him though, didn't really do much in the playoffs. <laughs> I've seen I've seen bright lights on him, and unfortunately, like him doing well. So. Well. Shit on Penn State. Shit on. Can't pick number three. So, with the third overall pick, the Detroit Lions select, select, excuse me, Jeff Okuda from the Ohio State University. So, you know, they just traded Darius Slay, so this is a need for him. In Matt Patricia's defense in uh, New England, he had Stefan Gilmore. So, Okuda fills that role. He becomes the number one corner in Detroit. Um, you know, some would say, I thought about Isaiah Simmons a little bit. But I think Okuda is the right move here. They definitely need corner help. They were 32nd against the pass last year. So he's the perfect kind of guy to come in there. Maybe he changes the tone of the defense. So that's who the Detroit Lions go at number three. I think it makes all the sense in the world from the uh, pick Jeff Okuda if they're not going to move back at all. So Right, they like, could like move back. Yeah, so we'll talk about that. So a quarterback needy team, they obviously have Matt Stafford. A quarterback needy team may trade up to that pick. But in this draft, we're not projecting trades. So they'll stay at three and they'll pick. Uh, cornerback. Okay, pick number four. New York um, Giants are on the clock. So, one of my concerns with this pick is just like uh-huh. Gettleman trying to figure out how to like actually like submit the pick on a computer. Because Wait, I don't I, like. Can we have a disclaimer here? You being a very successful Giants account, do you have any pull when the draft comes in this pick? Or is that all just Francesa? Yeah. No. <laughs> I think, I think that it might be mostly Francesa. With with like the amount of you with the amount of people that are listening to to his to his uh mics on now so like Dave Gettleman and whatnot but I'm concerned I'm concerned because like I'm not sure if Gettleman will be able to see his computer I don't know if you guys saw the picture of the of the Giants war room but that that binder looked like it was covering that uh that computer screen like you couldn't even see see over it so I mean that's a what year what year bill do you think that laptop's from I would. Say 2003 maybe 2004 yeah, yeah do you think it's any 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 newer than like 2009 no yeah, I'm gonna go away. It's, it, I think I, I think absolutely. that it was made at a similar time that like the the Giants roster is kind of built to compete in if that okay. makes sense all right so 2013 top. no I would say I would say like yeah I mean probably even like before 2013 I would say at least 10 years right but uh, with that being said, I uh, I'm picking well the the New York Giants are picking um, Judge Judge Wills offensive Ooh. tackle from uh, Alabama. Ooh. Wow, pick number four. Wow. He's, wow. A, he's a surefire best offensive lineman in the draft, um, and the Giants have a, like a huge need on the offensive line, and there have been reports saying that 
they're that they're even looking to possibly double up that offensive line, go first and take an O line first and second round. And Jetrick Wills being the best pass protector and being just like so technically sound right now, I think he's like the best prospect right now. And I really kind of care about that more than any potential upside because you you never know with especially at the position like offensive tackle, such a high bust rate. I want to get the guy that like I know can play right away. It's not the sexy pick, but it's the pick that fits. They certainly need the protection for Daniel Jones. So that's a good pick at four. We have uh, Emmy on the clock at five. Yeah, with uh, the fifth pick for the Miami Dolphins, we're going to go with Justin Herbert. From Whoa. Whoa. No. Yeah, we're Whoa. passing on Tua. I, you just you can't, my you can't trust Tua with that leaked Warner like Also, with the injuries in the hip, I just you can't trust it. Also, Her- Herbert, a proven quarterback, stood for his fourth year, had a huge win in the Rose Bowl. I, I think that he- he's the second guy, second quarterback off the board here. I love this pick, Cap. I have the Dolphins. I have a later pick of theirs. And Herbert was the number one on my big board if you didn't go QB here. Yep. I think the perfect fit. I think they love him too. So, yeah, I was going to do yeah. the same. Too much so now, interesting pick here at number six for the Chargers. Yeah. Where All did right. I go? Um, I, was, I had Herbert for uh, the Chargers. Um, but I'm just going to go to my backup. I think they still need a quarterback, so I'm going to be taking uh, Tua Tagovailoa. I th- I still think he could. He I don't think he's ready to start. Maybe uh, first game. I think he can learn a little bit behind Ty God. You know, get just see see what the NFL is about. But I still think Tua is, is would be will be a quality starter in uh in two in one to two years. So yeah, I, I what do you guys think of that pick? I think it's it, number it, one, but I still I still am fine with this pick. Um, I'm just I'm really concerned about that hip, not just from yeah. like the surgery and like the like could be his injuries play. from the football field, but I'm also concerned with maybe potential hip injuries that he could get yeah. like from off the football field as well. So I'm like that's that's a concern of mine with him. Yeah, so, but it, it, what, what do you mean with the injuries in a trial? Uh, do you remember that uh, ESPN uh, like interview that he had with his dad like when he was the Heisman finalist? You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm referring to. Okay. He's not on, it's reported, at least three teams' big board because of this hip injury, so we'll see if the Chargers are one of them. They do go quarterback in six in this mock, so with the seventh pick, we flip it back over. Loft, you're back on the clock. So here, Carolina's in a great spot. Uh, Some would argue the best defensive player in the draft falls into their lap, and they select Isaiah Simmons, linebacker, safety, edge rusher, nickel corner out of Clemson. Uh, This is huge for them. They uh they get by far like the best player on their board probably from pick three on here in this position due to the quarterbacks being selected before them and they have to be, you know, sending that email in so fast <laughs> once they find out that they can get this guy. You know, he could play on all levels of the defense. He uh does a lot and for like a team you know trying to rebuild their culture a bit, having a guy that could do so much and okay. is a leader is really gonna help them. I mean, they asked Isaiah Simmons, I forget who it was, do you, what position do you play? He said, I play defense. Like, that's a perfect guy to get to plug in there. Love that pick. I can't believe he fell to seven because of his talent. And, yeah, the Panthers would be – they would love if he fell to them at seven in the real one. Pick eight, Arizona on the clock. You know, ha- have had a big offseason so far. Brought in DeAndre Hopkins. Where do they go? All right. And one thing that they definitely need to address is the O-line. I had a couple prospects here, and this may not be the consensus number one guy. But I'm going Mackay uh, <clears throat> Beckham from Louisville. Whoa. He's huge. He's 6'7", 360. Good and I was, watching, I was watching a ton of his tape today. And for an O-lineman, it was the most fascinating tape I've ever seen. He just um, push guy all, he pushes guys 
off the screen. Like you don't see them. He's huge. He can be so dominant. The issue is sometimes is his technique is a little sloppy. But I think Cliff Kingsbury, he finds a guy. He probably he could have the most potential out of all the offensive linemen for the draft, and that's where the Cardinals go at eight. Yeah, so the, the one thing that concerns me about this pick about going with Makai Beckman as opposed to even yeah. like a, a Worser Thomas um, is that um, Makai Beckton is not great in pass protection. His, his strength is run blocking, and the Cardinals are running like an air raid, an air raid offense. So I don't know if like going with a primarily like with a guy whose strength is like run blocking and really like struggles, especially like with his kicks and whatnot. I, I think that 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 concerns me just because of like the offensive scheme fit, but other, like no, the, the off the needed offensive line is there. He's just a huge guy. His presence is known, and I think that he could he ton of a, upside. Oh, ton of upside. Maybe the most potential out of all these tackles, and I think uh, I think they go there. I don't know. I just I fell in love with him. I don't think a lot of people have him ahead of Worth, who is still on the board, but I couldn't help myself at eight. Jacksonville is now on the clock at nine. The Jaguars, they just so they just traded Jalen Ramsey to the Rams, um, in in October, and so obviously there's a need there. So with the ninth pick, I'm gonna have the the Jaguars taking a C.J. Henderson from Florida. Um, I think right now he's like the consensus number two corner in the draft, and he's going to get a lot of top ten buzz now. So I, th- I think that this is going to be the, the direction that he goes. I mean, that uh, Jacksonville goes in. I mean, every day I get a bleach report notification that he is rising up GM's boards now in the top ten, as you say, and that's where he falls in this mock. Charlie picks him in nine with the Jaguars. Good stuff. We now flip it over to the Browns. I picked up. With the 10th ten, ten overall pick with the Browns, they select Andrew Thomas, offensive tackle from Georgia, just a tank of a man. And uh, I think you definitely need a guy to protect uh, Baker Mayfield going forward. So it's a solid pick, good uh, tackle. And, yeah, it's a, it's a solid pick. Yeah, Andrew Thomas. Some say he's the safest tackle in this draft. Pick 11, the Jets are on the clock. Jets are on the clock. I'm lucky enough to make this pick for my New York Jets. I'm going to go with – I'm shocked that he fell. He was number one for me with the Jets. Tristan Wirfs, I am partly responsible for him falling for the Cardinals. but So I get the Tristan Wirfs, the tackle out of Iowa. He's 6'5", 320. He's really young, and I think he fits the Jets perfectly because the O-line is what they need the most help on by far. It's been the weakness of the team for the last two seasons with Sam Darnold. They need to protect him. My heart – one second, Charlie – my heart wanted to go a receiver here just for the sexy pick, but my mind went with O-line. They really need to address it, and that's where I go at 11. So you did just mention that you're partially responsible for it because you picked Beckton at 8, So, and you did say that Worf was your number one guy in the world. Could we potentially accuse you of tampering with these picks? Because, no, no, I didn't, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't. He was for the Jets. He was my number one, not for the Cardinals. It was Beckton for the Cardinals. I've seen Beckham go to the Cardinals a lot, and I've seen Worfs actually fall in multiple mocks that I researched. It had nothing to do with my love for the Jets. Yeah. If, I, if I wanted to manipulate it, I would have not gone Worfs. Oh. One with something else. No, that's an that's an absurd accusation. Yeah. I think I'd I jeopardize. It, look, it just of, it just had to be asked. I understand. I understand you asking it, but I would not jeopardize the mock like that. So no. Yeah. Just, just but, I, Iowa just breeds blue collar guys. Uh, that's just a, a, they just breed offensive also offensive tackles and tight ends. That's that's a great pick. He's definitely gonna be a star in the league for sure. <laughs> now the uh, the Las Vegas Raiders Ooh. are on the clock at twelve, and uh, 
the way the board's falling out, they have all the receivers still available, and they're going to go C.D. Lamb here at pick 12. Uh, uh, a true number one outside prototype. Uh, you know, he, he's, a, he's a physical receiver. They, they don't have that on the team right now, but while he is a physical receiver, his ability after the catch is unreal. He's a big play threat every time he catches the ball, whether the throws 25 yards down the field or five. Uh, he gives them everything they need. They don't pick Jerry Judy here just because of uh, their, like their slot receiver position is kind of occupied. They, they don't want to work in another smaller receiver. They want to bring in a, like a big physical threat, and C.D. Lamb fills that role perfectly. Wow. So I'm, I'm actually interested, uh, intrigued with this pick. Uh, I've seen a lot of mocks and whatnot going with actually not even, not even Judy, but Henry Ruggs with this pick. And I'm kind of hearing a lot of buzz of that. I, I, would kind, I kind of – can see them going with rugs here instead of lamb just because of the speed that rugs has. Yeah. But again, like obviously I, I do have a uh, lamb higher on my board, but then again, like I, I do think they're going to go receiver, but it's a matter of which one. And I personally think they're going to go with rugs, but yeah, I could definitely see thinking of bringing Henry rugs. You know, he adds like that vertical element to the offense, that explosive uh, play threat. But I think they go with the more like consistent, reliable guy in CD lamb here. Right. And suddenly that offense in, Las Vegas looks scary. You got Darren Waller, CeeDee Lamb, Josh Jacobs. Jesus Hunter Renfro. Fucking team. Just insi- they, get, they just get bigger, stronger, better athletes. Especially Hunter Renfro. All right, I'm on the clock. Yep. Pick right, 13. Uh, I, had, I, had, I, had, um, I have the 49ers. I actually had CeeDee Lamb, um, if, he, if he didn't go to the Raiders, going to the Niners. Um but uh, but since he is gone now, I'm I'm thinking the uh, Niners are going to take Henry Ruggs here with their uh, 13th pick, and I would and Henry Ruggs is a great receiver. Um, he's great active catch. He's very fast. He's, he has a great ability to break tackles. And he's a very versatile receiver. You can throw him. You can throw him in the slot. You know, you can do a lot with him. He's very, he's like a Swiss Army knife kind of guy. He can work around well in that 49ers offense. Who already has Debo Samuel and George Kittle. So it seems like adding CD, even if they added CD Lamb or Henry Ruggs, that that offense would be even better. Give give Garoppolo another target. Um, yeah, I think it'd be a, a great pick for the 49ers because they're already a very strong team. They have a good they have a good line, good running backs, good defense, and I think it'd be insane if they added another good receiver. So, yeah, I think I, like you just, I think you just made a really great description of Jerry Judy right there. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Because I heard, like, a lot of different things that, like, and Jerry Judy's not, like, the best at any, like, certain ability besides, like, route running. But he does bring a lot, like, he brings more things to, like, the game than uh, Ruggs does. And Ruggs is really just, like, a speed guy. But well, I can I see mean, Ruggs. I read, I, read a, I read a draft analysis of him. I'm just, talk I'm about just like, going with, with <laughs> Sure, I'm just I'm just is saying, like. Is there a reason that you went Judy? Ruggs, Ruggs over Judy. Yeah. Um, who would have thought? Who would have thought coming into the season that uh, Judy's the last receiver of the of that big three to be coming After off the court? Having here, he did. I yeah. think. I think it's just over anal- over analysis at this point. Like we've seen Judy since his freshman year, like dominate and like people like then people there's, been there's more out on him, and they're gonna like they're gonna like nitpick things that aren't even there. I think so it's now, gonna be a situation like that. Pick fourteen, Tampa, on the board. So, Tampa, Tom Brady. Tampa. So, they, so uh, Tampa Bay now, uh, their top two guys, as noted back in November, uh, Tristan Wirth and Andrew Thomas, they're both off the board now. Um, right now, their their secondary needs a lot of help, and all the top, uh, but as well as uh, offensive line, but all the top offensive line 
have been t- all the top offensive linemen have been taken. So I think I'm gonna go with um, either I'm not sure either like a safety or a corner, but we'll go with uh, uh, Christian Fulton here. I guess a reach here, but it's it does like uh, fit a need. So it's a reach, but I I just think like it fits a need that they have. They definitely they don't need any like they don't need a receiver at all and like the best player available right now is Judy, but I just think that like they go with like one of their bigger needs. And receivers or, is yeah, not a need at all. So yeah. Okay, um, so that leaves Denver at pick fifteen. Can I interrupt, can I interrupt with some breaking news? Yeah. So we made the ill advised decision to record this during the WNBA draft. And I'm hearing reports that Sato Sabali will go to the Dallas Wings at number two. Wow. Get that out there. She <laughs> is a basketball player. Um, okay, yeah, so probably not. All right, pick 15, Denver. <laughs> All right, Denver. Um, can't believe this guy uh, is here at this pick. Oh, my God. going to have to go to Jerry Judy out of Alabama. The guy just is a, a tank, won championships, and just a, a, another addition to uh, Drew Locke. I mean, great target. And it should be fun to see that uh, duo hook up together in, like, the passing game. Uh, yeah, you you give him Corbin Sutton and Jerry Judy. I mean, Drew Locke could have a huge year with those weapons. Yeah, that's it. The Broncos will be emerging. Maybe we'll first see. round pick from last year. This could be a big year for Denver. Uh, that leaves Atlanta on the clock, pick sixteen. All right, I'm doing a little deliberation right here. I'm deciding. All right, um, I think with the sixteenth pick, the uh, Atlanta Falcons will be uh, <laughs> taking. That's what they will be doing. And they'll be drafting. Fuck. I don't know, man. Jeez. This is electric. This is electric. Who do I take? <laughs> are we are we having a situation like the um No 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 like no the Vikings? No. I, I, have my picks. Where, I have my picks. <laughs> where they didn't get their pick I read some I saw some some things. You guys are probably not gonna like this pick. The Atlanta Falcons are gonna be taking a D lineman here. Okay. Uh Javon Kinlaw, South Carolina. He's just All a right. massive guy. They got, bolster, they got to bolster that D line. They got to bolster that D line, and he's the guy to do it. Oh. He's massive, fast, and explosive. It is great <laughs> hand work. You see him, and when he's in the rush, he's technical. He's able to get his hands on the O line, get through there, and make some plays. I think it's. Would you, would you consider a good comparison for Javon Kinlaw to be a Johnny Hernandez? Just, just curious. Yes, I mean, I, I mean, as a as a as like a former uh, D lineman myself, six, six, you know, I'm, I am six six, three hundred ten pounds. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm a little more explosive off off the ball than him, but I think he is better technical. He's better technical handwork, and I that's think the only be, thing that's preventing it. I think it'll bo- bolster that uh that uh, D line for them. I think that'd be a great pick. Okay, so now pick 17. Dallas Cowboys are on the clock. Um, so the Cowboys this off season they lost Robert Quinn, who had a really solid year for him. I did not expect this uh this specific edge rusher to be here at pick 17. Wow, um, but the Cowboys at uh, pick 17 are going to go with a uh, Caleb on Chason from LSU. Going edge in the first yeah. after bringing in Alden Smith Ooh. and Randy Gregory coming back. Yeah. Ooh. Damn. 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 Okay, so, like this is an interesting You see teams too many pass rushers. You see teams play to their strengths all the time, so they're gonna try to work on that a little bit more and really build a dominant D line similar to San Francisco. Okay. Yeah. So one. now pick pick I'm eight. On with the Miami Dolphins and. Oh, I'm going back and forth here. I have the number one need for this team as offensive line, but I don't really see anyone that go here. So I'm going to go with another pick. I'm going to go with Georgia running back DeAndre Swift. Whoa. So oh. he 
need a star factor at the running back position. And I think when you have, you know, we see a lot of times when teams have multiple first round picks, that is when they'll go running back, usually if it's not the solo one. So I don't have a big issue with them going kind of early on a running back. So DeAndre Swift, stud from Georgia. Charlie, what's up? I just, I, I really don't think that like any running back, like this is going to be one of those drafts where like potentially there aren't going to be any running backs taken in the first round, right? So I don't think taking that. a running back at pick 18 would be smart in this draft when you could potentially get the same guy at pick 26. I mean, when there's going to well, be that run on receivers. Remember, I'm not making that pick at 26. I'm making that pick at 18. I see DeAndre Swift as a need for this team. I don't like the lineman in this position. I'm going to wait a little. And, I'm going to see what unfolds, and I'm going to go with DeAndre Swift here. And even like looking at the, the running backs, you, there could be an argument made yeah. that uh, Jonathan Taylor is the best running back in this, in this draft class. So. Final three downs. I like his ability to work in the receiving game. I don't know. I like this fit for Miami. I think he's the guy here. Also, weird note, my friend from college beat him in a 1v1 in basketball. I just throw that out there. He is only 5'8", though, so I don't know how impressive that is, like DeAndre Swift. Um, 19. The Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders come back around. I have them, you know, shake it up a little bit. I'm going to go with them uh, selecting uh, Jeff Gladney of TCU. Ooh. Yeah, grabbing a pick. corner. Grabbing a corner. They addressed uh, their need for a receiver in the first. They've worked on their defense a lot in free agency. You know, bringing in uh, uh, two linebackers in Littleton and Kwiatkowski, bringing in a safety in Demarius Randall. And they, they need to fill a hole at corner right now, get that other guy uh, on the other side of Trayvon Mullen. And I think they go with Jeff Gladney out of TCU. He's uh, extremely athletic. One of the, I think one of the biggest sleepers in this draft. Great coverage skills. Uh, and it's just a dog. He, that guy just wants it. And I think he could uh, really help the Raiders defense right away. Absolutely, absolutely love this pick from from the Raiders. Seen him play in person a couple of times. Just uh, like he jumps pick. off, he jumps off the field. He's yeah, he's, like an NFL he's guy just, out there. He's just like tape is, yeah, he's just another like uh, product of Gary Patterson being in the first round. Just a great player, great pick. Love it. Gary's world. Am, am I a twenty? Is uh, this yeah. a twentieth pick? This All is right. a twentieth pick. All right, so I didn't think this guy would slide down this far, but um. With uh, the 20th pick for the Jaguars, I'd say uh, Derek Brown from Auburn. That guy's a wow. tank. I thought that he would be the first D tackle off the board, other than the uh, beside the guy from South Carolina. But this guy, this guy's huge, man. This guy's a tank. <laughs> He's just gonna be a run stopper. He reminds me of uh, Nick Fair- Fairley from Auburn, also. He's oh, a big what a comp! Yeah. What a comp! Yeah, yeah not Nick Fairley. Like this guy's a big guy. I think he's gonna be great in the league. I, I, I'm surprised he slipped this. Yeah, far. I think he's got to be the fall, the steal of the draft at some point. Yeah, yeah. Post. Like I've seen him mock consistently in the top ten. I've seen him go seven to the Panthers, and for him to fall yeah. this low is yeah, what a huge pickup for Cap. Yeah, I did not think that he was gonna slide this far. Just the way the board falls sometimes. Yeah. Jacksonville has to be thrilled being able to pick up Derek Brown right here. He's a he is a stub. I do have Derrick Brown top ten on my board, but he just had he fell. He fell. Yo, Greggy selected guys fall. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> did Justin Jefferson go yet? Nope. No, we right, did not. We're good. good. I thought he went. Wonder who's pick gonna pick twenty one. Oh, I'm t- I'm up. I'm on the clock. Yep. All right. Well, uh, a little. Yeah, I may have uh, foreshadowed a little bit. I was decide. I was deciding between two receivers here. Um, Brandon Ayuk of. Uh, wide receiver, or Justin Jefferson. I think I'm going to go the Eagles here. I'm going to go with uh, Justin Jefferson, wide receiver. Yeah, I think uh, adding adding a good – another receiver to that core would already be uh, – which is already 
pretty strong. Would be good. Uh, giving giving Wentz more weapons. Strong. Fast guy. Be good. I think strong. it'd be a great pick for the uh, for the uh, Eagles. I think we all know the Eagles' number one need going to this draft is receiver. I heard Charlie making the strong little mumble under his breath. Uh, <laughs> he. I also agree they definitely need help at receiver. Wentz needs more targets. I feel like it might be the safest pick of the draft to assume the Eagles go wide receiver. I don't know. Yeah, yeah perfect fit for them. Specifically, Justin Jefferson. I think that this is one of those picks that could potentially like be like a lock if, if he's available at that point. He's he's he's, a, he's fast. He he can he'll get open. Fucking air it out to him. Wentz got a big arm. Be a good fit. Okay, 22. pick twenty. Pick twenty two. Minnesota's on the clock. They could go a lot of different directions here after acquiring this pick in the uh, Diggs trade. Pretty sure. If this, yeah, this yeah. is, yeah. So, uh, at pick 22, uh, I have them going, uh, yeah, let's go with, let's go with Ayuk. Let's go with Brett and Ayuk out of Arizona State at pick 22. You know, trading Diggs, they need another receiver. And Ayuk does a lot of those same things Diggs does, in my opinion. I think Ayuk's extremely talented, similar uh, frame to Stefan Diggs, and uh, hopefully he comes with less drama. And I think uh, they'll be happy to work in another young receiver into their passing game. And maybe they can even try to replicate some of that Diggs production that they lost. Solid pick. So pick now I'm on the clock with the Patriots at 23. There are a ton of different directions I could go here. Do I get Brady's successor? Do I think Stidham's the guy? I don't know. Stid. Ultimately, what I'm going to – Stidham? Yeah, Stid. Belichick's guy, Stid. Ultimately, with the 23rd pick, the New England Patriots are going to select the Terra Gross Matos from Penry. Love this. Absolutely. Wait, wait, wait. Penn, wait. Penn State University. Um, <laughs> I have here – he's 6'5", 266. He's a big guy. They need pass rushers. They haven't had a guy go over 10 sacks since Chandler Jones, who hasn't been there in years. He's good at winning first contact. Um, Charlie, you saw him a ton. I'm sure you can give more analysis than me. This is a great player. Really, really fast off the edge, right? Mm-hmm. It's pretty much, pretty much it. He kind of had like he had a, I guess, a slightly disappointing because he was like projected to be a potential top ten guy going into the season, but still a first round guy. Good value here. A lot of, a lot of upside. Right. I have some. He needs to get more consistent, but I thought, you know, who better to get his game in, in check than Bill Belichick? So yeah, I think it's a good fit. They need the edge rushers, and that's where they go. Pick twenty four right. in New Orleans on the clock. So uh, right now the Saints uh, defense, like uh, that middle of the defense, those linebackers, right? They're they're getting up there in age. Mario Davis is getting up there in age, right? He's still a very solid player, but still. Um, I'm going to go with um, the local guy, Patrick Queen, from LSU with this pick. Uh, I really like Patrick Queen. He does. He, he is uh, he, like he has like that prototypical build for a modern day linebacker. He ran well at the combine and he's a team leader. And I feel like, you know, the Saints with a lot of stuff that's been going on in the playoffs with them. They need that emotional leader on the defense so they don't have those late game collapses. And having him learn from Demario Davis, uh, I think that they can be pretty similar players. And Patrick Queen just flies around the field. He makes a lot of plays. I'm really, if I were the Saints, I'd be really excited to get him at pick 24. I like this pick. The only thing I can say is, you know, some will say they need Drew Brees' successor. Taysom Hill, we're not sold on him. Jordan Love is still on the board. Why did you not make that connection? Why do you not think he was the pick there, Charlie? I'm just curious. Um, because at, at this point, right, you want to get a guy that you can develop to be like a, a really good player for the future and somebody that you can plug onto the field right now because they're making back this last Brees, push. This was a this was a last push. You like you're going all in. You're pushing all the chips yeah. into the middle of the table. You want to go for the Super Bowl this year, right? And Patrick Queen is is one of those players that you can both like have him. You can have him play and both have him like develop and like be pushing for that for that Super Bowl. So I I think that it's just a really good win now pick for them if he's there. 
Pick 25, Minnesota on the clock. All right. On the clock. This is a bit of a reach, but the Vikings do need a little O-line help to protect Kirk Cousins and uh, just run the offense. And uh, I'm going to go with Lucas Nyang out of TCU. He's uh, 6'7", 330. Uh, he's been, he was a fringe first-round guy. But this guy, this guy's a big dude. I mean, he did get hurt in his senior year. I think he'll, he will bounce back. He, I don't, I don't think he, he allowed like maybe one sack at TCU in his four years. He had a great career. Played actually in New Canaan, Connecticut. Local guy for us. Uh, I think it's a reach, but good pick. Though. He's a good player. I think he's gonna bounce back. I think. Uh, I think uh, if, pick, um, go ahead. Wait, I have a question here about this. A lot of people have Josh Jones, the. Uh, the O lineman from Houston above him. I just wanted to know what went into your decision making to have him uh, not go. Uh, to be honest, um, I, I just I, I really didn't even. Josh Jones wasn't on my radar. He just he, he wasn't on my radar. But um, also, I mean, I just I've seen uh, Lucas Niang play. He's, just, yeah, he's a big play. dude. Uh, he only yeah he only let up like I think like one sack in four years or something like that. He did get hurt, which I think actually like slid his uh, stock. Like he. I think if he left last year, he might have been a first rounder or something like that, but he didn't. And I think I actually hurt him, but I think that he could bounce back. He's a big dude, like big frame from a uh, new Canada, Connecticut side. Do respect him, local guy. And I think it's a reach for my workout for them. Who knows? Pick 26. It's now on the clock. Miami. All right. With the uh, 26 pick, the, the Miami Dolphins are going to be going with Xavier McKinney, safety, Alabama. I think it'd be great to uh, bolster their defense further. They already picked up Kyle Van Noy, Shaq Lawson, Byron Jones, and free agency, and that would be a huge pick for their defense getting uh, Xavier McKinney. Okay. Interesting that you wouldn't go in the direction of, like, a Cesar Ruiz because because, uh, earlier in the draft Miami did uh, take a running back instead of going uh, the offensive line route at pick 18. So, I mean, bolstering up the tackle. Or maybe going with Josh Jones because he fell there too. I mean, I, I really think that Cesar Ruiz would be a solid pick here as well. But, I mean, McKinney, McKinney can play, so. Yeah. All right, so pick 27. Wait, 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 one more thing, though. Um, I think I think this is also a good pick because uh, he's, he's, a vers- he's a versatile player. He has experience in both safety positions. So the Dolphins have always had, like, a like for, for recently haven't had, like, the great defense or haven't been a great team. So I think defense wins championships. You get this guy, have, like, a stalwart defense, lock up. You got some quality starters. I think I think it's a great pick. Pick 27. This leaves Seattle. In theory, you think, oh, they go offensive line here, but they just haven't done that uh, yeah. really ever in the first round. So I have them uh, shaking up going Kyle Duggar, the, uh, the <laughs> Division II safety. I have him. Uh, Lenoir Ryan. I have him coming in. You know, he could do a lot of different things in the secondary. He can play both safety spots, really. I think he's capable of maybe play a little nickel corner at some point. And I think they'd be really excited to have that, like, chess piece they could really move around. Yeah, Kyle Duggar really, like, Freak came athlete. He like came out on the scene uh, at the Senior Bowl this year. Um, he had a really good, he had a really good combine. Just like a, a great athlete, right? And he has really good uh, tape, obviously. Uh, D two Lenoy Ryan. Um, I I'm not sure if like I don't think that he'll be going in the. I don't think I don't think he'll be a first round pick. But then again, Seattle is usually that team that always picks somebody that like nobody expects to go into the first round, and then they take them in the late first round. We saw that back to back years with um, L.J. Collier and, and Rashad Penny. So, I mean, really, like, anything can surprise you with Seattle, but, like, also nothing can really surprise you because you do see them go in, like, odd directions in the first round. 
And also, I do think this is kind of a need for, you know, they've obviously lost, like, Chancellor and Thomas in the back end recently. And, uh, you know, they have, like, some stopgaps there right now, Quandary Diggs. And I think them bringing in Kyle Duggar, he could really do a lot for him. He could play year one, and also he could be a develop into, like, a quality starter for a long time. Just with his athleticism and build, he could really do a lot of things. Yeah. So pick 28, Baltimore. Baltimore, I am on the clock. This is my last pick in this mock draft. So a lot of people have them going linebacker here, but – I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to go Cesar Ruiz, the guard from Michigan that Charlie was just talking about. He's he's 6'3", 307. So they obviously, with Marshall Yonda retiring, they have the needed guard. So I think he's a good fit there. He's powerful. He's thick. He's got good lateral mobility. Uh, the scouts are saying he could lose maybe 10 pounds. of. He's got a little extra weight, but I think he's a good fit. You plug in a guard to replace Marshall Yonda. That offensive line doesn't skip a beat, and that's where the Ravens go in my mock. I'm I'm really interested with this pick. I think that um, I really just have a strong feeling that the Ravens are going to go in the direction of Kenneth Murray from uh, Oklahoma. But I think I think if they don't go in that direction, and Ruiz is on the board, I think that's where they would go because of Yonder retiring. So I I do still believe that it's a it's a pretty solid pick there. So I did have Kenneth Murray and Caesar Ruiz one and two right here. But as this draft's gone along, the more I've thought about is. I don't know. I like the guard fit. Marshall Yonda retiring did leave them with the hole. I think a priority of that team is to protect Lamar Jackson at all costs. You know, the running, they rely so heavily on it. So I just thought Cesar Ruiz was the right guy here. Pick 29, Tennessee is on the clock. So Tennessee just gave up um, Jarrell Casey for a seventh-round pick. Like, so they gave him up for essentially nothing, right? Yeah. Um, Cut some salary. Cut some salary. Uh, He's... He did play like in the interior D line, but I'm gonna be taking a guy that I think like could potentially like translate to a defensive like interior defensive lineman, even though he played edge in college and uh AJ Epinesa from Iowa. Okay. So like I think that he can play really anywhere like on a defensive line, but I don't know like if like the fit is gonna be there uh, at and edge a four, in, three a three, in a in a three four. Four three. I I don't know. I just don't really know if he'll fit like as as like an edge guy, I don't know if he's like fast enough, like off the edge yeah. for. Yeah, with Epinesa, he had a week forty time. He ran a five one. I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly. And I think in Tennessee, you know, they, they move guys around frequently. They they're moving all the D linemen around in different spots. And I think with them picking Jeffrey Simmons last year, who really came on for them, them adding another first rounder into that uh, interior D line, and maybe even you know he could flex out a bit. He moves in while Simmons moves out at certain times. Um, I think that that really like plays to their strength. They were a strong defense. They they played defense and they ran the ball, and they're improving on that this year uh, it, it, with this pick right here. And they could even they could uh, be even stronger on defense. And now that brings us to pick thirty, Green Bay. Caps on the clock. So on the clock. Um, I don't mean to be TCU heavy, but this one actually does fit right here. Uh, so I think I think uh, with the the thirtieth pick, I think the Packers will get. Jalen Rigger out of TCU. Obviously, as I said before, I didn't mean to be TCU heavy, but this actually is the right uh, good fit here. Um, Jalen Rigger was like a like fringe first round guy. I think it should be great for him to like add uh, have like uh, Aaron Rodgers add a target. I think he, he just has a ton of speed. You can spread him out wide. You can put him in the slot. Um, he just has and he I think he ran like a four two two unofficial, which I don't know how I don't know how that is, but he. He just has a ton of speed, good hands. So I think he'd be a great fit with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Um, I have a few questions. If you're going the receiver route, what makes you pick him over T. Higgins? 
I actually, uh, <laughs> I actually forgot about. I he wasn't even in my like radar. I, I guess like think because I thought he'd be off. First round guy. But he, um, he, didn't uh, run, he didn't run very well. Yeah, um, Higgins isn't going in the first round. What puts him over? I think he just has a tremendous amount of speed, good hands, and I think like him leaving early. Like I, I think he still has more take. I've seen him play before. I mean, he's just he's a versatile guy. Like they've. Like, they literally just throw him out in the screens deep. Like, he literally did it all at TCU. So, I think that, yeah, I think it would be a good fit. And I think he's he's like a first-round guy. I saw a mock, the mock that I looked at. Um, He was like 20th or something like that. Oh, wow. Yeah, so what I'd say of why they would go Rager over Higgins is, like, uh, Green Bay is a lot of tall receivers right now that they draft in recent year, whether it's uh, Lazard, Lazard, sorry. And then they also just brought in Devin Funches. So, I think T. Higgins just be another one of those, like, trees they have on the outside playing with Devontae Adams. I think them adding that vertical threat of Rager, you know, with his, like, take the top off the defense speed really helps them. And then the other thing I wanted to know, good stuff. Thanks for answering that. Um, Jordan Love is still on the board. I'm shocked to see him be here at 31. We've heard a lot of buzz about the Packers picking a QB. Rodgers even said he would be okay with it. They drafted Rodgers when Favre was 35. Rodgers is now 35. Did you consider Jordan Love? Yes, I did. I did consider it, but... I just I don't know I I feel like I just didn't pull the trigger on it I did consider it for sure but it's kind of crazy he's gonna slide to the second I think uh but yeah I, like I definitely did consider it Chiefs it, take Mahomes replacement they don't want to pay him. yeah I definitely I know I did consider it like not gonna lie I I was actually considering him at um with the Dolphins at five or yeah. yeah. I like. I really think that who knows he, what's gonna happen like, with this too huh? yeah the yeah, the rant he, he has a ton of upside but I just. Not gonna lie, on my list, like I really didn't think about. I was considering it. I don't know. I, I guess he's going second. Just kind of to see um Tua go in front of Love. You know the way that everything's shifting right now. I mean, the the, the yeah, range I, I, for I, Jordan Love is crazy for this draft. Like yeah. people can see him going like even as early as like three at a, with a potential trade yeah. out with the Lions. I, yeah, I, going to the second round. Nobody yeah. knows where he's gonna go. So no what I'll way. say, what I'll say about this is like obviously we're gonna uh, miss on like some quarterbacks going in the first because we're not having trade ups. One of our, these picks is gonna get traded out for someone to come up and take a QB. I'd assume happens every year. We're not projecting trades, so obviously we're gonna miss out on stuff like this because obviously all the teams in the back end aren't gonna take a quarterback right now because they're good. So uh, another team would trade up and t- take them. I assume. And before one of these you guys like berate our Instagram and say how do you not have love? It's a joke. Listen to the whole fucking thing and hear yeah. this explanation because. Yeah, we're not protecting trade-ups. He's going to go in the first. Yeah, as you say, the 25 through 32 is 0% chance all those picks get made yeah. by those teams. But we're just not going to project to. It would be too crazy and unrealistic. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm, I'll be like a 70% chance Seattle's going to trade out at 27 to someone coming up and taking a quarterback. So yeah. what I'll say, uh, pick 31, San Francisco. I don't really see them being able to pick a starter necessarily with this pick. Uh, and for that reason, I'm going to go with uh, – them taking Austin Jackson, offensive tackle at USC, uh, to eventually be that Joe Staley replacement. And uh, who knows if Staley is even going to play this year. You know, it's still kind of up in the air at this point. And I think they're going to pick a, a kid who's played in California uh, from USC. And I think he he's going to come in. He is a bit of a project. So I think if Staley does play one more year, he can sit, learn for a year, be insurance in case Staley gets hurt uh, again, or if McGlinchey gets hurt, and he could come in and, and play in year two. Yeah, this, this sounds real really similar to uh, the Eagles picking Andre Dillard last year. Just a very similar situation with like, except with Jason Peters there in Philly, 
Um, I really, I really do like this pick because uh, Staley's going up there in age, and like you never, and you don't know if like you're gonna yeah. be able to get that guy. And the injuries he's had recently. And you like Jackson ahead of a guy like Josh Jones in Houston, who will not go in the first. I, I just think he's a better fit for what San Francisco go, uh, does. Okay. Yeah, good stuff. So thirty-two, Charlie. So, to round um, it up, the, the, uh, rounding it out with the uh, defending champs, um, I'm gonna be taking cornerback uh, AJ Terrell from Clemson. Whoa. Um. Right now, corner is a need for the uh, Chiefs, obviously. So they did; they were able to bring back Rashad Breeland, who always gets massively like overlooked in free agency every year. Just like signs one-year deals, and then just and like it's a quality starter. Yeah, right. So they they but they did lose Kendall Fuller to the Redskins, um, mm-hmm. and that does like now. Uh, have, you think Terrell's capable of playing in the slot? I mean, I think that like. Terrell's the best corner on the board at this point. If you're looking, if maybe like Jalen Johnson could be a pick, could be the pick here potentially, or maybe they go in the direction of running back and like Clyde Edwards, Alaire, something I've heard that a lot too, but I really do think that corner is like their biggest need right now. And I would go in the, did you consider Kenneth Murray here? I should have considered Kenneth Murray here, but (laughs) that would have been my selection, but I, I understand them going corner. Definitely. Like cor- corner is one of the primary positions in the modern NFL, whereas like an off-ball linebacker is more like a is more like a complementary piece. Yeah, and especially you, for what the Chiefs are doing. Ex- exactly, and when you do have needs like at those primary positions, I think you would just have to address those before getting a luxury pick. So, yeah. and that's essentially what Kenneth Murray would be. So yeah, so yeah. Kenneth Murray, Jordan Love. So let's talk, yeah, let's talk about uh, the snubs right now. So yeah. we did just mention Jordan Love and Kenneth Murray. But another guy who's been getting a lot of first-round buzz that I was actually surprised that nobody picked was Denzel Mims from Baylor. That yeah. really surprised me. I was thinking about that, him. Like, he yeah. just wasn't there. I mean, like like what Loft said about going Rager instead of even T. Higgins or Denzel Mims. Like, Mims is more like that like that tall receiver, like those player. trees as yeah. you described. And, One um, thing I'll say, I could definitely see uh, – the Rams picking uh, Denzel Mims in the second round with that Brandon Cooks pick. I think they they could probably bring him in, work him in. You know, they, they have guys that could play on the outside right now, like Josh Reynolds. But I think when they bring in Mims, a bit of a project. But he could definitely help them. Good player. I just don't I, think the – I don't think if, if Mims does fall to the second round, which I highly doubt, I really think that, like, that could be a like where the, the Vikings go with that uh, pick uh, – 22 or 25 like one of those picks i do think i think that's where he'll probably land or maybe philly if somebody jumps them and gets justin jefferson but i do think that like denzel mims is 100 percent gonna be taken in the first round and if he like it just kind of shocked me that he fell yeah um, i was considering uh, it, it was just 30. a game of there were so many receivers in the first round exactly. yeah. i, I consider him at 30 actually i i yeah. was him and jill right he's a good player I, I was actually thinking about it sure yeah, well, there's going to be a lot of receivers that go in the second, yeah, third round of this exactly. draft that are going to be quality starters for a yeah, long there's time. Like, there's like 30, it's like 30 draftable receivers. Second round is still like amazing. And like second round is really good. Yeah, it's the crazy. second round is like really good. Second round is really good players. Especially about like doing the draft. Like there's so many guys that got left out. Yeah, yeah I mean, and guys at other positions, like we mentioned, Josh Jones, yeah. Kenneth Murray, Jordan Love, and even um like, Jalen Johnson, like these guys are Jacob all. Eason. I mean, all yeah, Jacob Eason. Jacob Eason in the first round. Yeah. But, you never know with quarterbacks, man. Yeah. Yeah. Jacob, I mean, maybe, maybe Jalen Hurts. Like, yeah. like we don't yeah. know with him either, right? I um, I actually like was thinking about picking uh, Jordan Love at five. Like, I, like yeah. it was either 
Him or, or Herbert? Yeah, I, think, I think Hertz is the most like high variance player in the draft. Oh, yeah. He can go in the like mid first, and he and he can go like mid third. Nobody knows. Yeah, it's like he him, could go him top and... five, or he could go in the. He's a hell of an athlete. He's people just... don't know. He he like like he's probably just gonna be th- if he gets on a team, he's just gonna be throwing around. Like they're just gonna put him in like wildcat, like just do like wild things with him. He's just so versatile. Yeah. And then there are like some players that like now are it all. It's seemingly like they're just not gonna go in the first round at all. That were like considered top ten. Guys, at the beginning of the year, like Grant Delta, just like crazy to see how how that yeah, that's another guy yeah. out where he just now isn't even like people just don't even talk about him being considered like in the the first round anymore. I consider Delpit at nineteen for the Raiders. But, oh, really? Yeah, and I, I think like like there's a good shot. Maybe like Tampa looks at him something like that. It's Hammer Fulton. You pick Fulton. Maybe they go Delpit instead. Go with another LSU DB. Yeah. Uh, Delpit Delpit uh, playing like like this season really hurt his stock. Yeah. And uh, but I think that's a thing where like they saw so much Delpit tape, where like they started they started to really see some flaws in his game. Like like Jerry Judy in a way. Yeah, yeah, or like any quarterback that that comes out. Yeah. Same yeah. thing. Or who like who I like, placed it like like Tua has that too in a way, mm-hmm. but Tua it's more injury. Uh, uh, let's like like Herbert. If Herbert came out last year, he was the consensus like first. Yeah, yeah. 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 J.K. Dobbins still on the board too. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor is another guy where like yeah. him playing yeah. so much. Yeah. I could have one. Like Cap just that. mentioned, uh, J.J. Yeah. Dobbins, Gus Johnson's favorite player of all time. Um, and then there's an. Oh, I, I don't think this is a first round like running back draft. I don't think. I think yeah. this could be all like second round and above. Yeah, I mentioned. I mentioned that one. It's gonna uh, be a lot of value there. When Greg yeah, took, uh, for sure. DeAndre Swift in, at 18. Like I just don't see like a running back going the first just for the way the board goes. Yeah. But I I understand. That. We're not gonna just repeat what we said earlier. You guys already heard that. Um, but then there were some other guys like I saw throughout the college football season that like I definitely think like people are going to get really good value. Teams are going to get really good value out of in in the second and third round. Another like another guy we none of us have even mentioned before. He like he killed me uh, when Penn State played Minnesota. Uh, safety Antoine Winfield Jr. Yep. Ball like absolute ball hawk. Right teams like will, will love to have him on their defense. Um, I think then, yeah, I think if he was in last year's draft, probably goes first round. He reminds me a lot of Darnell Savage from last year. Uh, like, and I, I think yeah, he's another like high upside DB. Like again, this this draft it, it feels like is deeper than most drafts like that yeah. have. It's yeah, usually like definitive first round guys, definitive second round guys. Now there's like guys like that you like. There's so many guys like you consider first round talents, but they just yeah. like. There's only 32 picks that can be picked in the first round, and there's going to be some that are going to be used on quarterbacks that aren't first-round guys like Justin Herbert. No. Oh, yeah, so that is our 1.0 first-ever Sade into mock draft. Good stuff right there. Uh, we all made some great picks. Are Bang. we going to pull this draft up and track it as the draft goes? Totally. Well, so let's announce yeah, should. accountability check. We yeah. should. We should. Yeah. That would be awesome. Let's announce some like if yeah like let's announce <laughs> our plans that would be good. We'll announce our plans for um the next few the next week or so. So we are going to someday watch the Jordan documentary. We'll have a pod out episodes. Monday. So yeah, the first two episodes will come out. We're gonna try to do an emergency style episode where we watch it and give you a live reaction, just like we did Planned with emergency the playoffs emergency pod. And then so we're gonna review that. Have some we'll have some news to talk about too. That'll be a nice episode. And then we're going to do a draft special, so we will be live with each other the entire first round of the draft. We will record that and put that up as a pod, 
So those are our next few episodes we have planned. Yes, yeah, so I will watch the entire first round, give our thoughts as all the picks go by. We'll live stream out. We'll figure out how. We'll let you guys know more of the specifics on uh, Monday's pod. But that is our plan for the next week. If you is our your first time listening to us, thank you. You know, we hope you came for the old takes exposed interview, but stayed for us because we're great guys. We're, we know so much. So we're just guys, guys. Yeah, we're we're your guys. We're so men. no reason to see why we. Uh, you wouldn't keep listening. Um, is that all we have, guys? Pretty God good. bless America. All right. God bless America. I think, think you guys covered everything. So. Yeah. Trust me. Anything else? <laughs> Can't believe it. Start singing. That was that. Chester, wake up! You hear it, Ryan? Yeah, watch me rip this shit. You changed my words. God, remember that! Chelsea just went off the deep end, bro. Fuck, fuck, uh, uh. Are we still recording? Yeah. Let's go.